Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. You could get saved right now. All you got to do is call on him. If uh, he's dealing with you this morning, you just need to be obedient and call on God. He'll save you. Uh, you you won't want to call on God until he does deal with you. Right? I'm not confused about that. If you're sitting here this morning and the Spirit of God's not dealing with you, you sit right there. Right? You just hang on. He'll come to you directly. <laughs> he'll come. I promise you, he'll, the Holy Spirit will reveal unto you at some point in your life that you need to be saved. When he does, you're going to need to respond to that. I'm glad I'm saved. Somebody else. Turn with us this morning to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. We're going to uh, deal with verses 1 through 10 this morning. Uh, we, we spent Wednesday night in chapter number 4. And uh, went through the whole chapter and appreciate uh, the reminding of the Word of God that we, uh, we need to faint. We don't need to give up. We don't need to slow down or let down or, or sit back or uh, you fill in the blank. But, but let me tell you this. If, you're, if you've got it on half throttle, you need to wake up, recognize that we're near the end and we need to, uh, as, as the old saying goes, we need to put the pedal to the metal. We need to go just as hard as we can for Jesus. He's going to be here, and you will have regretted not giving your all for God. Hear me. Listen to me, friend. There is a judgment that is coming, and he is going to judge us according to what we have done in the flesh. Whether it's good or bad, there is a judgment coming. You sit there and you may think in, in your heart that it does not matter. I promise you right now, we need to fear and tremble at the coming judgment of God because he knows every thought, every action, every word, everything that we have done or not done. There's a judgment coming. And I want to encourage us this morning from chapter number five as the apostle uh, continued in this particular chapter to encourage them to not give up. Don't faint. Press into the work. Verse number one, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number one, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, in this body, in this flesh, this earthly house, we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, 
not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. But we're, we're, we're not desiring to die, we're desiring to live. That mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That's important. Number 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Father, take your word today and speak it into our hearts. We're nothing but a vessel, but empty us. Lord, may every heart and every soul, every mind be challenged. May all of us, God, be brought into a right relationship with you, whatever it takes, whatever need be done. Press upon us, God, by the conviction of the Holy Spirit, its power to bring, Father, a brokenness that leads to surrender and forgiveness. Thank you for what you're going to do. As we trust it, we yield. Asking thy will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. Amen. Never give up. Chapter number four. Specifically, the Apostle Paul gave several reasons, and we dealt with that on Wednesday night, probably a fairly lengthy message. I haven't watched it, but if you want to watch it, you're welcome to go back, pick it up from the website or on YouTube. Appreciate David making sure that that's out there. But I, I really want to bring us right into the present where the Apostle took right off. He really didn't finish. You know that chapters weren't in the original manuscript. These were letters, and they were rent as an, an encompassing whole. And, and so there really wasn't a letdown right there between chapters number 4 and chapter 5. The Apostle, I believe, was still extending to them the very reasons of which we are not to faint. We're not to give up. We're not to let down or to give in. Uh, you know, there's not a person in the room, and I can assure you that if you're a child of God today, there's not one person here that the devil don't work on. And the one thing he lies to you about is that your life doesn't matter. And the things you do in your life don't matter. The effort that you give to God that people don't notice or that people don't care, I want you to know these are lies. Right, this ain't this ain't of God, right? You won't find anything in the Word of God that supports that thinking. I believe everything the Holy Spirit's trying to do as a people today is to bring us together, not to separate us. And yet we're living in a culture today where what they want is an isolation. They want you separated from everyone else. They want you to mind what someone says to do and to do it without asking any questions. May I say to you today, but there ain't but one king and he's sitting on the throne in glory. And before I mind anybody else, I better be minding him. 
I better pay attention to what the Word of God says and what He expects of me because I tell you there's a day coming when I'm going to look into the eyes of the one that died for me and I want to be accepted of Him. For I fear that some of us will stand before God one day and we will not have lived for Him. We will not have worked for Him. We will have wasted our existence upon the lust of our flesh, having done what I wanted to do instead of what God told me to do. And you will stand, I will stand in the presence of a holy God and I want to be accepted of him. Now, I can't make you feel that way. Right? We can preach and preach, but I can't change your heart. You don't want to serve God, you know what you're going to do? You're not going to serve God. I'm glad he made it that way. I'm glad that the Lord did not make me come here this morning. But I am here because I wanted to be. And God has honored that. And I have felt his presence. I felt it on the way into the broadcast. He was all over me in the broadcast. I was, he was there on the way back. I, he's been here ever since we got here. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit of God. I can't get enough of it. And brother, I want to be accepted of him one day. It's going to matter. You're going to regret having shown up at glory with but one thing. And that is a profession of faith that gets you in the door because eternity is a long, long time to have nothing, no reward. That we can all, let me ask you something, right? If, if there was a million dollars at the end of the end of this deal, And somebody said, I'll give you that if you'll just do this for me, right? And it's within your reason to do. I guarantee you, every one of you would do it. And yet what I contend today is that the word of God is more precious than any dollar bill ever has been or ever will be. And there ain't nothing in this world that'll help you more than the word of God and obeying God and serving God and worshiping God and being among God's people. I want you to know today that the best thing that you could ever do is yield yourself to God and let him fill you up with his Holy Spirit. He will do that. He will honor that. He will be that in you. But I'll tell you right now, people won't get up and do anything for God. You know why? Because your flesh don't want to and your mind the flesh and not the spirit. That is sin. It is wickedness, and until we get right with God, we won't be right with God. That's just the way it's going to be. Oh, how glad that I am that the apostle in chapter number five, he just continued it on. He said, listen, don't give up. Don't faint. You can't faint. You know what he said? He said, here's one reason that you need not faint is because there is something better that is coming. Right, it's important that we don't let up, that we we commit ourselves to the work of God. I'm going to leave that alone just a second. For we know that if our our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we know what what he's saying is is that there's some things that I know about God. There's some things that I know about this flesh. 
I can assure you he was referring to what you see right here with your own eyes, my flesh. He was referring to this house. He was referring to my flesh as being the tabernacle in which the Holy Spirit of God dwells in. You get that, right? There is a difference between the inward man and the outward man. What you see today is growing old. My hair's getting gray and it's falling out. There are a lot of things that ain't like what they used to be. And I am glad to report to you, yet there are some things that I know. I know that when this earthly tabernacle dissolves, when it dies, when I lay down in this flesh, and as the brothers already said this morning, that can happen just like that. I could be here one minute and gone the next, but here's what I know, that when this earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved, when it dies, when it lays down, here's what I want you to know, I have another house. This ain't the end. I want you to know that this ain't even the best. The best is yet to come. There is something better that is coming according to the Apostle Paul. What he said was is that the house that I have coming is a house that ain't made with hand. The Bible said that it is a house from God. It is a house not made with hands and that this next house is eternal in the heavens. If I could break the analogy down just a little bit different. May I say to you today that what I live in right now is at best a fragile and weak pot of clay. But there is something that's coming, amen, that will resemble nothing like what I am now. The Bible said that when he comes, we don't know yet what he shall be, but we know that we will be like him. I got a lot to look forward to. Now's not the time to let down. God has promised me something that is eternal. May I say to you today that when it comes right down to it, the most important question that you need to be able to answer is what happens to me when I die? What happens to me when when this flesh gives up and it will? God tells you it's coming. Every one of us in this room will die. The question is what happens when I die? He gave me the strangest of analogies this week as I was praying over this one. And I want to, I want to share it to you like as if it was a car. What you're seeing today is a 1971 Chevrolet Vega. They don't make them anymore and there's a reason for it. I'd like to have that little car back, to be honest with you. but it wouldn't run. Stranded me and her on a double date one time. That thing was still running. You'd have to constantly fix it, repair it, work on it, paint it. That's what you see. But I want you to know that there's a day coming she's going to quit 
and off in the ditch it's, and they're going to cover it up because what you see now is not what matters. What you see now is simply an emblem, a resemblance. It is a tabernacle, an earthly house, and it is not this house that matters because this house is temporal. I have one that is eternal. I have got the real ride. It just ain't here yet. There's something better coming, you see. The Rolls Royces of, of, of automobile world, I want you to know that my new body will not wear out. It won't be like this one. It won't be temporary. It'll be eternal. My question to you today is have you settled eternity in your heart? Are you ready to die? You better get ready. We know that if this earthly, this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that we have something that is heavenly, something far better. Now, you can only say that if you've been born again, right? If you're, if you're undone without God this morning, you're still on the outside looking in, trying to figure out what it's about. But the very instant the Holy Spirit pricks your heart and you become aware of your existence and that when you die, you're going to go to hell, brother, you better be calling out for the new ride because this one is temporary. I ain't got time to give up. There's too much at stake to let down, to give in. You say, preacher, I just don't have a desire for God. That's because you ain't right with God. The reason you won't serve God is because you ain't right with God. That's as simple as it is. It's in the word of God. We're going to have to get honest with God and let him renew within us a right spirit. Let him create within us a clean heart. Brother, he can set your fields on fire. You're just going to have to get willing to let him do it. We know that if this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, I've got a better one coming. Now, that gives me all the reason in the world to carry on and to press into whatever the world may be throwing at us. Amen. Now ain't the time to turn around and run or to duck for cover. Now is the time to stand up for God and be accounted in this world that is without light, as light and and salt to this world. They need to know that there is hope beyond this world. For we know that. For we know that. Verse number two. But I want to say to you that in this flesh... There's an earnest desire. I'll read it to you. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Now, what the sister was saying about her mother this morning, I, I, I referred to it then. I'm going to say it again now. That if you've been born again, the closer you get to the prize, the more the inward man is going to want to get there. Right? Right? You ever got within five miles of a place you've been driving 500 to get to? You know what that, you remember what that feels like? Right, to see that, that sign, or uh, now it's a GPS that says you've got five miles to go, and you're thinking, and, right, and you're watching the speed limits everywhere because you know you're driving faster. It's the same thing. I tell you right now, the older I get, the closer I, the more I get close to the prize. Hey man, what I realize is, is there's more behind me than there is in front of me. I can't help but get a little excited about that deal because of what I know. 
I know that when this one lays down, there's one good coming. There's something far better that's on its way. The apostle was honest enough to say that there is an earnest desiring. He referred to it as a groan. An earnest desiring, he said, to put off this house and to be clothed with the new. Now he changes the analogy just a bit. He goes from a house to clothing. And I want you to see in verses three and four what he said. He said, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For that we that are in this tabernacle do groan. Listen to me now. Being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed. That's not our desire. But clothed upon. You see what he's saying. Right? We're not talking about a suicidal apostle. His desire is not that I be unclothed. He is clearly stating that my desire is not to die. No, he said, I want you to understand that what I desire is to live. That my mortality might be swallowed up in the life of Christ. What I want you to see is that what he was desiring was not to expire. What he was desiring was to receive that real clothes, that real house. That is eternal in the heavens. Now, I tell you right now, I won't deprive anybody of that. I won't stop you. I won't be able to hinder you. But I can tell you this right now. If I happen to have, if I get the opportunity to be able to sit at your bedside and your last breath is, preacher, I'd just like for the Lord to come and get me. I want you to know that with all of my heart, I understand. I understand. It's not that you want to die. It's that you want to live. What the apostle was saying was, is I don't desire to be unclothed. What I desire is to be clothed upon by that which is new, that which is greater, that which is eternal. What I'm looking for is to be clothed upon with that new body, that new place. Now, you can't get there except you're born again. Right, it all comes back to whether or not you've been saved, whether or not your name's been written. Listen, just because you're a good fella, just because you've been a good neighbor or whatever it is you want to say you are, you're not. You'll not stand before God and you'll not be able to offer one thing that you've done, amen, that exalts Christ. The only thing that he will accept on that day is your having received the blood of Jesus Christ and that blood covering your sins will get you into heaven. That's it. Other than that, friend, you're still without God. You're still lost. You've not made preparation. And when death comes, you have no promise of anything better but worse. But worse. For we know, we groan, we desire in this earthly house. But verse number five, I want you to know that God, even though there's an earnest desiring of our heart to live, right, not to die, when, when, when I talk about leaving this world, people think it's a bit morbid, but may I say to you, I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about living. I'm talking about actually receiving what it is I've worked my whole life to, to get. I'm actually experiencing as we get closer to it the joy of knowing the journey is nearing the end. That's not morbid. That is pure excitement. 
Now, just because I've never been to Disney World in California doesn't mean that it's probably fun to go to. Right? Just because you've been somewhere or you've not been somewhere doesn't change the fact what Jesus has promised you and I is something better beyond compare of anything in this world. And I can tell you, there's, there's absolutely more reasons for us not to faint than there are for us to faint. To give up, to lay down, to slow down. Now is the time when we need to be doing. If you were going to counsel somebody, listen to me, Christian. If it was your responsibility to counsel somebody and you were looking into the eyes of a, of a, of a saint of God, maybe they're burdened or they're struggling, and you, and you have the responsibility of telling them what to do. I'm going to ask you, Charlie, are you going to tell them to give up or are you going to tell them to keep on? Don't give up. And yet what some of us have done is what? Right? We've gave up. And yet if you had the responsibility to tell somebody else to do, you'd tell them to do the very thing, not to do the very thing you've already done. We can't give up. We, we can't faint. The apostle said, look, we know that there is something better. It's just around the bend. It's just beyond dropping these clothes to be clothed upon in the newness and the eternal life that Jesus has provided. But I want to give you some assurance, right? I can tell you right now, as men and women of faith, you need some assurance. You need reminded, amen, why it is that you're doing what it is you're doing. Number one, verse number five, there's two things in verse number five. Number one, now he that hath wrought us for the self-same thing is God. May I say to you today that the Lord's been preparing me to cross ever since I got saved. Every valley, every hill, every mountain, every struggle, every good thing, every bad. The Lord has been working in my life to prepare me for that one day that I will reach the end of this one when mortality will be swallowed up in life. Everything that's happened in my life, I believe God's had a hand in it. I believe God's been at work when I didn't even know he was working. I believe he's been working in me. He hath wrought in us this self-same thing. You see what God's doing in you, Rick, is he's preparing you to leave. He's been working that preparation ever since the day you got saved. Ever since you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, he has been working in you. And I'll tell you, the longer he works in you, the more excited you get about the trip. The more he works in you, the more excited you become about knowing that eternity is just around the bend. Number one, the assurance I have is that the Lord is working in me every day for this this one transaction to occur. Right? Everybody understands that's a transaction. He bought me the very day that he saved me. He bought me. But he just hasn't got me yet. Right? See, what the Bible said is that he will come to redeem the purchased possession. There's a day coming when what he bought, he will bring to himself. 
And that's what he's been preparing me for every day of my life since that day. There's been good, there's been bad, there's been hard, there's been easy. But all the way, it's been the self-same thing. God is working the preparation for me to make a crossing, for me to go to heaven, for me to leave here. You say, what assurance do I have, preacher, that God wants me to continue because he ain't stopped in you, right? The one thing that you can say to yourself is I needn't stop on God because he ain't done with me. He's still working on me. He's still helping me. He's still calling me, still using me. He is trying to use me for all of these things. May I say to you today that God wants you to keep going and one of the reasons of assurance is that he's still working in you. But number two, number two, the apostle said, but he's also given me the earnest of the Holy Spirit. Amen to that. How many thank God the Holy Spirit abides within you? Hallelujah. If you could run him off, bless God, he'd have done left your house. Thank none of us been good to him. We've offended him. We've quenched him, and yet every step of the way, he's been working for us every day, every hour, 24 hours a day. The Holy Spirit has been working in your life as the very mediator between you and God, making intercession for you. And brother, he has given me the earnest of his spirit. I tell you the one thing that we need more than anything It's just the freedom of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know what fixes everything for me? A visit. Everything. Right? I I can be down in the dumps. I can be ready to turn it off and quit. And you know what? It, It just takes a visit from the Holy Spirit. When the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God comes in, it it makes me brand new again. Right? I'm ten feet tall and bulletproof every time the Holy Spirit gets around. We just fit. I'm glad for the quickening of the Spirit. Do you know what I'm talking about? When the Holy Spirit just all of a sudden shows up and your eyes brighten, amen, and your heart takes another beat, amen, you recognize that there is a God and he loves me and I am his and I am going to heaven one day. I have been cleansed of my sins. Brother, there is plenty of reason for me to keep going for God. The Holy Spirit is faithful to work in us. The Holy Spirit is faithful to do in us what we cannot do, and that's to renew and regenerate, to revitalize our very hearts and minds toward God. And I tell you, some of us need that. We need it. Verse number six, the apostle goes on to say that we're confident that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Now, I'll tell you what he was trying to say, and he'll go on for a couple of verses with this same concept, but what he's trying to say is, is look, that what, what you're dealing with right now is temporary, right? Another reason to make sure that we bring into check what it is we're doing for God and how we're living for God and what we're, what we're trying to accomplish through the Holy Spirit. What I want you to know is that as long as I'm in this body, I'm absent from him. Now, the Apostle Paul said, I'm confident of this, right? That as long as I'm in the body, I am absent from the Lord. And he said, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? Get it? What I know is because it's what I believe, and it's what the Word of God has shared with us, right? And we believe the Word of God, and therefore it creates within us that direction. But then he goes on in in verse number 9. I believe it's verse number 9. 
Verse number eight, we're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Now, there may be, and I can assure you, for the most of us, as we get older and get closer to the end, especially if you're suddenly plagued with infirmities and struggles, right, which he's already spoken about, spoken about those burdens of life and those, those cares of life that come upon us. As you reach that point, there may come a time, like he says in verse number eight, he said, I, I say, I'm willing rather to be absent from the body. He said, I'd, I'd just soon the Lord take me home. But verse number nine, he said, but. He said, whether I'm absent or present, it is very important that I continue to look at the word, labor. He said, wherefore, I labor. I got to keep working. I got to keep going. I, gotta, I can't give up. I can't faint. Because whether I'm absent or present, he said, I want to be accepted of God. I want to be accepted of him. Anybody in this room want to please the Lord? I want to be accepted of him. I don't want to live my life in such a way that when I stand before God, he shakes his head. Why couldn't you just serve me? Why couldn't you just follow me? I've given you everything. I've withheld nothing from you. And yet you still mind your flesh. The majority of your life, you still follow yourself. I don't want to be that. God have mercy. He said, no, whether I be absent or present, he said, I want to be accepted of him. Whether it's here or whether it's there, I want to be accepted of the Lord. I tell you, I want to hear him say, well done. I don't know that he'll say that to me, but I want to hear him say it. Well done. Can you work your way into heaven? No, you cannot. If you ever get born again, there ought to be something in you that wants to work because you're going to heaven. Paul said, wherefore, I labor. I'm not going to faint, he said. I'm not going to give up. I'm not laying down. I'm not throwing in the towel. I am confident that what he that what he, he has done for me, it, whether absent or present. Wherefore we labor that we present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Last thing, verse number 10. Because, because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the reward or loss for what we have done or not done for Christ. See, there's a judgment coming. Paul giving here one more reason that we needn't give up, that we needn't faint. Because there's a, there's a day of reckoning coming. How many believe that your employer tolerates an unwillingness to do your job? Let me just put it that way. I don't think so. I, I, really, I don't have to go there, do I? 
Right? We could break this down into whole other things. But we follow those rules. You know why? Because we want to remain employed. And yet in Christ, I'm free. He's not going to make me. Right? What I do for God is voluntary. That's the way he designed it. You want to? He's going to bless you. You want to stay the course? You'll find out that he'll bless that. You want to do otherwise? It's a hard road. It's a hard road, but he won't make you. Why is it important that I continue for God? Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. And I'm going to stand before the master of all. And I will give an account for every deed, done, undone, every problem. I'm going to stand before him. And I'm going to get, you will not escape judgment. Paul said there's all kinds of reasons, right? We gave a bunch of them Wednesday night, more of them this morning. There's all kinds of reasons that we just cannot give up. We cannot faint. We cannot let down. Come and get us home. The Bible said in the book of Matthew that concerning the judgment, that on that day there would be many show up and they would say, Lord, Lord, didn't didn't we do all these things in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Right? They were they were unsaved. He went on to say, he said, for when I was sick, you came and visited me. When I was in prison, you, you came to me. When I was naked, you clothed me. And hungry, you fed me. And thirsty, you gave me to drink. And they said, Lord, when did we ever see you in that, in that way? And he said, well, as, as often as you done it, did it to the least of these, my brethren, he said, you've done it to me. Is there a reason that we shouldn't faint? Yeah, he's keeping record. One day I'm going to stand before him and every idle thought will be reckoned. Everything I didn't do, everything that I did, every time I had a chance, but I didn't take it. Every time I could have, but I didn't. Every time that I minded the flesh instead of the Spirit of God, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give account for it all. Now, if that doesn't scare you, does me. Paul said, I can't quit. I cannot faint because ultimately I'm going to be judged in the end and I want to be accepted of him. I want to please him. I want to please him. I don't know your heart today, but, but let me speak to the unsaved. The only way to get to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to accept that and him as your savior. That alone is the saving power of the gospel. Jesus is the only one that can save you, but he can. He can and he will. If he's working on you today, the invitation is for you just to make that step and to call on Christ as your savior. But I want to say this to all of the men and women of faith that are sitting here, men and women of promise who have already 
been purged of their sins. Now's not the time to give up. Now's not the time to give up. Preacher, I don't matter. I beg your pardon. That's a lie from the enemy. It does matter. It does matter. What we do, what we say, how we live, all of these things matter. They matter. We're going to stand before God and we're going to give account one day and we will be reckoned with. And I tell you, I want to be accepted of him. I love him this morning and I don't want to fail him. And if you're here right now and you are saved, but you know that your heart's not right with God, you're not living the way you should be living. You've not committed yourself to serve Christ in every place that you can. Maybe you're living and know right now that you've been disobedient to God. Let me tell you something. He said if you'd confess your sin, he was faithful to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now's not the time, church. Well, there's never been a time that we should give up or let down on God. But for sure, today's not it. The world is... The world is perishing all around us. Darkness encroaches so quickly every day. We better get right with God and we better do for God all we can do because night's quickly coming when we will no longer work. We will no longer work. As we stand and sing, if you're here and need the Lord, would you come? Would you get right with God?